Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Uh, how we doing? Doing all right? Awesome. Equally responsive. So a couple whistles. I like that. Uh, well, we are starting a new series. Uh, we're going to be in uh, the book of Genesis, where we are going to be looking at the life of Abraham. Uh, if you don't know, Abraham is uh, Genesis 12 through 25-ish, is where it kind of ends halfway through that. Um, we do have a few more Genesis journals. Uh, they're not here today, but if, you're, if you want one, uh, typically when we do a book, the Bible, we pass out these journals that you can read and take notes in during the service, but also if you want to read through the passage uh, throughout the week, it's a, it's a great opportunity for you to do that. Also, if you're looking for something to uh, read throughout the week, uh, study, like this would be a great time. If you, if you maybe you've taken a break from spending time in the scriptures, uh, maybe maybe this would be a good time to uh, maybe this would be a good time to jump back in uh, with the story of Abraham. Uh, and you know we all love Abraham, right? There's that fun song with moving arms. Yes, you know about Father Abraham. Yes, we know that we love Abraham in that way. Uh, we also love the story of Abraham and Isaac because that's like one of the pinnacle stories that we talk about. But we're we're gonna look at his entire life. And honestly, uh, one of my hopes is over. Um, the next maybe 20 to 25 years, we would work through the whole uh, Torah or the first five books of the Bible, uh, not like straight through, because if I did that, then we'd all just leave probably about maybe about Abraham right about now. Um, but uh, instead of doing that, doing it a chunk at a time. So like last year around this time, we did um, Genesis 1 through 11, which is basically focuses on creation and also these global stories uh, and and then now for now until the re- until the end of the Old Testament we focus on the family uh, Abraham's family and his descendants going forth and so but to do it at section at a time so we'll do Abraham and then the next time we do uh, Isaac and Jacob and then after we take a break from that then we do Joseph and then we do Exodus and then we do some other so it would be a good time and we do it in little chunks. Uh, so that one, you wouldn't get. You'd be like, "This is the Old Testament. Why, why don't we talk about the New Testament?" Uh, but, 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 but two is like, I think you actually take a lot more away when we look at them like little piece by piece this way. But the reason we study this stuff is because Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. Like he is birthed at, from Abraham's family, and in even the section or passage that we're looking at today, the promise of Jesus is all the way back in Genesis. Uh, in Genesis. Three, but it also is solidified or promised in this blessing that Abraham's given in this call that he receives today in Genesis chapter 12. And so it, it, these, these things matter, these major themes that are in the scriptures that we're going to be looking at today. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it as well. Um, now, a little bit about Abraham, uh, or Abram. He's, he's first called Abram. God will change his name eventually to Abraham. Um, he's, he's from a town in Mesopotamia called uh, Ur, and he is it's a coastal city, so he, there would have been some trade. Uh, it would have been a big city for that time. Not, I mean, there's, there's nothing in comparison to our current cities, right? But it would have been for the, the, the day, 
uh, it would have been a decent sized city. We, we learn in jo Joshua that his father was actually an idol worshiper. Um, and then in his genealogy, what we see, and you can literally turn back a page to Genesis chapter 11, what you can see is that his father uh, is a um, decent guy, but, 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 but he had a couple, couple of sons. His older brother, not his older brother, his brother died, and now uh, he is responsible for this guy named Lot, his brother's son named Lot, who will realize we'll get to a, a heap of trouble throughout this, like, like almost every other chapter in Genesis 12-25 is Lot doing something stupid or getting himself in trouble. So there's Lot, but, uh, but, but, but there's that. And, and, and believe it or not, too, Abram's dad... Uh, if you look at it, it, was actually on his way to Canaan, which is the promised land. So the land that, that, that is promised to the people of God. He was actually moved his family out of Ur, and he's going to take them to Canaan. But he stops in the, the place of the city where his son, Abraham's brother, died, Haran, and cannot go on for whatever reason. And so then Abram gets this call in Haran, and then he... Uh, continues to go in this way as well. So it's really fascinating that in some ways, uh, even though God doesn't tell Abram where he's going, uh, he was already kind of on the move in some ways as well because of his father. And so, now I will say this, there's a couple of, uh, today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, uh, or if you have your smartphones or tablets, uh, Genesis chapter 12, it'll be on the screen as well. Uh, I will say this, there are a couple, of, all scripture matters, everything is equal, so I'll give the, the, the whole caveat there. But if you're going to learn a few passages of scripture, this would be a, this would be a, a really important one to learn in the arc or the story of the Bible, Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abraham. Um, it, it is, uh, if I was creating a Reader's Digest version of the scriptures, which I would not do, but if I, if I did do it, um, I would say that this would be included in it. This would be included in it. Like you start Genesis 1, 2, and 3, maybe include, you know, Noah and the ark, and then, you know, let's move on to, to Abraham. Like, let's, let's make sure we understand this. Because this, this blessing, this call right here, again, like I said, this is, 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 is the future promise of the Messiah all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, fulfilled in Jesus Christ in his, his life, death, and resurrection. And so it matters to you as you think about the whole story of the Bible. And if you're, if you're wanting to learn more about the Bible and how it's set up, this would be a passage that you want to know of Abraham. And so uh, we see this in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, his original call. And it starts like this. It says, Now the Lord, or Yahweh, said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so what, leading up to this point, you have the Tower of Babel moment, you have the genealogies, and then you have... Uh, this story where God has been, again, Genesis 1 through 11 is this global, and now we focus on this one family who God says that all other families will be blessed because of this. And, and so it's, 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 in some ways it's a kind of a funny interaction because there's not, there's not a lot of dialogue here. We just see God tells Abram to go. And he doesn't even, he said, go where? He's like, to the land that I'll show you. Uh, that's really great, God. That's really helpful. Like, 
So do I just start walking and I just get this feeling like, nope, not that way. <laughs> like what? Like how are we doing this here? Like you know, there's no not not descriptions of a pillar, but he he knows that, that God is going to to reveal him. And later we find out that he is going to to be faithful and just go and trust God as well. I had a similar situation. Not that God called me and that all the families will be blessed through my line. That's not what He said. But I had a similar situation. Uh, not even close to that. But I had a similar situation when I was um, I lived in Georgia. I was gonna I was about to move. To Colorado. Before I did that, I spent a lot of time praying and asking God what the next season of my life would look like. And I did. I heard this phrase "go," and my, of course, when someone says "go" and they don't tell you where, you ask, what, "What's your question?" You ask, "Where?" And uh, you know, go to the land I'll send you. Apparently, the land that the Lord was sending me was to Colorado Springs, which was beautiful and not like Kansas in any way. Uh, I love Kansas, though. Just. <laughs> But you guys have been to Colorado, right? Like, you, like they have mountains there. We don't have mountains here. Like we have like that snow hill. What's that snow snow place? Snow Creek. Yeah, you guys like Snow Creek? Okay, cool. If you said yes, I was going to be offended. Uh, but anyway, like they have mountains where I can ski on them in the winter time. And like when it's cold outside, it's cool because there's things to do. When it's cold outside here, like all I do is stay inside and think about summer. Um, just like me and Olaf. Anyway, but regardless, uh, he's called to go. He's called to go. And he says, I'll make you a great nation and make your name great. Now, this is interesting. Um, so in, 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 in the stories of the city of Babel, before they are sent out, or they are saying, hey, let us make a, let's, let's make a great name for ourselves. And so you see this juxtaposition of God saying, no, no, no. It's not about human beings making a great name for themselves. It's about me in relationship with me, about me making your name great so that, that people will glorify me by your great name. And so as human beings, we have this decision to make or a test in front of us. And this is this is in front of you, even today. This is in front of me. Is 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 my life about making my name great? Is my life about making my name great? Or is it a, is it going to the place God is sending you to or living the life that God is calling you to and letting He letting Him make your name great, letting Him raise you up, letting Him lift you up. And you can, we can spend a whole sermon talking about the nuances of, of how the difference between this group of people trying to do something for their own sake as opposed to Abram who is being obedient to God and then God blesses him because of that as well. And this word bless, he says, I'll bless, I'll bless you, right? He says, you'll be a blessing and I'll bless you. This is a connection to Genesis 1 and 2, to being fruitful and multiplying. To be blessed in that day was to, it was, it was children. It was children and land in that day. It was children and land. And so, hey, a blessing means, to be a great nation means you have to have offspring. And the, the, the ironic part about this is God is making this promise to a 75-year-old man who doesn't have any kids. This is, this is crazy. This is like, and, and, and this, is, this is insane in some ways. Like, God, why are you picking this guy? Like, at least pick the guy that has the kid. But no, God says, hey, I'm going to do a work in this 75-year-old man who doesn't have kids. And we'll talk about the stories and how all that trans, transpires as well. But, but God says, hey, I'm going to bless you. And this blessing extends to those who bless you. Like, they're going to they're gonna be fruitful as well. And those who dishonor you, like, I'm going to dishonor them as well. And then in you, a.k.a., let me fast forward to the story because we're on the other side of this. All the families of the earth will be blessed 
And we realize, if you read the whole story, that the the people of Israel or Abraham's family, they blow it time and time again. They they, they continue to follow after other things or try to make their own name great. Or they try to, uh, they worship other gods. And instead, so God sends Jesus, a.k.a. the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, to come and rescue the world. And in his name, all the families of of the world are blessed. And in Christ, you are blessed because you find forgiveness of sins and life because of what he has done for you. God's plan to, to, to rescue and bless his rebellious world, it comes through Abraham and it comes through the people, uh, through the person of Jesus. And that we pick this up now where we are called to be a blessing and to go and share this great name of the one who, who all the families can find blessing and life in, in the person of Jesus. Exodus 19, uh, 4-6, it won't be on the screen, talks about how Israel is called to be this kingdom of priests to show other nations what God is like. They were, they were, people use this word, elected, or they were chosen, not just for themselves, they were chosen so that the other nations would see God and worship him and call on his name. Peter picks this up as well in the church that we are a royal priesthood, that the church picks up this mantra that we are a go-between those who are far from God so that we can point people to the one who gives life, the one who is a blessing as well. And so so we see this. He's called to go and do this. And we, we, we're not at the point where he responds. But before we continue in the story, I, I do think, I want to take some time and talk about this idea of calling. Because this is a question um, that I think we ask as people that are 21st century followers of Jesus, or maybe you're just someone that's just kind of searching and seeking out life, that, that, that we ask, like, am I called, or, 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 or who is called, or what, what, is, what does it mean to be called as well? And I've grown up around Christian circles uh, for my entire life. I've grown up in churches, served in churches for, like, since I could walk, I've been doing something in the church. And I know that people ask this question, like, hey, what is my calling? I might have even said this, like, what are you called to do, either personally to you or privately to you. Uh, and if you don't grow up in Christian circles, or as we like to use this phrase, Christianese, this Christian fake language, it's insider language that we use, you might ask this question, like, what is my purpose, or how should I spend my time, or what, is God, what has God created me to do, or what am I created for? You might even be asking this question right now. Like, what's my purpose? Like, what, what, what am I created for? Uh, or if you're anything like me, you ask this question sometimes every day <laughs> or weekly. <laughs> and you're like, Russell, you're in ministry. You should know the answer. But, you know, just how my mind works, it's like, what is life about? Like, I, I have existential questions that I continue to ask on a regular basis. And I, I sometimes in healthy seasons comes back to the right answers. In unhealthy seasons, I, it's, it's those winters. You know, I'm just stuck inside my house. It's cold outside. There's snow. Why is there no mountains? Um, <laughs> But I even asked our community, our, our community this question, like, what does it mean, what does calling mean? It's purpose or mission. God has placed something on your heart that he wants you to do. It could, could be your occupation. It could be purpose in life. And I don't, I don't think these are necessarily wrong. Like, I believe that God uh, has created you with a specific purpose to know him and to make him known in the world. Like, I genuinely believe that, that God will use your occupation or other parts of your life uh, like to be used, like uniquely to, to be used for people to know him and for his glory. But the reason I bring this up is because I think a term like calling in the church can freeze us. Like I think, I, think, I think it can cause us to sit and think about these things 
and, 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 and it might actually keep us from doing and, and, and being the people that God has called us to in the day-to-day, to like actually living out our purpose and our mission day-to-day because we're asking this bigger question, like, what is my calling? And like, we're looking for this big moment, this burning bush moment. Even Abraham didn't have a burning bush moment, but this, 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 some, this voice, this Mufasa from the clouds moment, right? Where the Father is speaking to us. And, and if I don't have that, then me just doing the mundane or the everyday obedience things are less valuable. And I just don't think that's true. I, I just don't think that's true. I do think sometimes God speaks to us this way, and I think sometimes God does not. Um, and so regardless of this, I still think the best word, uh, I was talking to Jared Lupa about this earlier this week, the best word still is call. It's just we have to make sure we define it correctly. Um, and so what we're seeing in, in this Abraham account is, or this Abraham account is we're seeing an emphatic call by God. This is, how, this is what I would define as an emphatic call. It's this call that, that, that uh, this guy uh, that I read this week, he says it means God is telling someone what to do like a master tells his servant. It's not an invitation. Yahweh is not suggesting that Abraham think about a possible re- re- relocation or a possible vocation. He is giving him an order. And so it, 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 it's, like, it's like God's placed something on your heart that he wants you to do and you have to do it. Like something inside you says, like I can't not do it as well. Like I, I just must do this. Isaiah 51 two says, look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him that I might bless him and multiply him. Hebrews 11 eight says, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Like Abraham, something inside of him said that Abraham had to do this. Now he had this maybe audible interaction with God that we don't have. You know, Moses had uh, a burning bush moment, right? Like how do you how, how do you pass up the burning bush moment? Although, if you read the story, which we will in about five years here at Mission City, you'll realize that Moses tried to pass it up. He said, someone else. He said, not me. He said, someone else needs to take this as well, right? He said, someone else needs to do it. Paul gets blinded on the road that he's really going to kill Christians, and he gets blinded. And Jesus, the risen Savior Jesus, talks to him in like a vision-like state. You know what I mean? I don't know about you. Have any of you had any of those? No. I haven't had any of those. Okay. Like, not, like that, that doesn't happen all the time. But yet, like, sometimes we're looking for that moment. And maybe, like, maybe if we're more charismatic or we have more faith, that could happen. I don't know. Maybe you've known someone that's had something, an emphatic call like that. That's great. And sometimes, like, even in my own life, like, I can say this. Like, in the things that I have done, meaning, like, when I moved to Colorado, I knew that I was supposed to move to Colorado. And because I moved to Colorado, there are implications in my life because of that. I married the woman that I did because I moved to Colorado. Therefore, I have the family that I have because I moved to Colorado. Um, moving to Kansas City, when Cassie and I prayed about moving to Kansas City, we, we knew without a shadow of a doubt, and I don't make any a lot of jokes about Kansas, I loved, I only lived there two years in Colorado. I loved Colorado, but I knew God has called us to, to go here. And then also with planning a church. I knew God was calling us to plant a church, even though I was unsure about how it might go. Like, it, like you read stats about church plants, it's terrifying. I mean, Ryan knows. 
like Ryan knows about, I t tell him all the time about like, we're making it at least a couple more years now. We're, we're gonna make it, we'll at least last three years. We'll at least last five years. We'll at least last 10 years, whatever else it might be. But, but there's this, this emphatic call is like, we're looking for this. And some of us have this, like God puts something, it's not the burning bush. It's not, it's not the, the voice from the clouds. It's not this, but there's just something inside of us that we know we're supposed to do it. And the question is, will we be like Abraham and will we do it? Now, there's another one that is that this is where the Bible actually most often talks about call in regards to believers, which is the call to salvation, that God calls us to salvation. And even here, God, God calling or choosing Abraham is, is this saving act. That people will call us, this is when God chooses Abraham at this moment. Not because of anything that he did, but his response is through faith. Like Abraham responds faithfully and goes where he calls us to do. And so it's because God has called us to salvation and now we are a part of Christ, you now have a purpose or a calling. And we've talked about this a lot lately in our vision series, but you have a role as a follower of Jesus. You have a purpose in this life because you're a follower of Jesus. And you don't need a burning bush to tell you that. You don't need a voice in the cloud to tell you that. You don't need anything else to tell you that because the scriptures have told us that, that you are a son or daughter of the king who has been brought back to life, who has been told to invite people to follow Jesus in the same way that you are following Jesus as well. And he'll use your job, your, your family, your friends, your gifts, your talents. He'll use anything he can in your life that you're obedient to, to, to use that, to leverage it so that the kingdom would grow out from that, that you'll know Jesus, follow Jesus, and share Jesus, that you'll rule and reign, that you'll like you'll oversee your life appropriately, that you'll love God and love others, and you'll multiply disciples. Like all of those things are the purpose of a follower of Jesus. And I don't you don't have to have a cloud to tell you to do that. You don't have to have a burning bush to tell you to do it. And if you don't even and like if you still want more, like there's processes and ways to help you do that. We did this thing the last year called Mission Weekend and Mission Workshop. We're trying to find new ways to implement that in our church. But we have a, we have a, we have essentially what that does is it examines your gifts, abilities, and passions and temperaments. You look at needs around you that kind of fall in line with those. You look at what your current capacity is, meaning some of you have a lot of margin in your schedules. Others of you have less margin because of the stage of life that you're in, because of, of, of maybe current job responsibilities, maybe current family responsibilities. And then you invite other people who know you well to speak into it. Say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Is that a good idea? And then pray for God's leading. And then when you, have a, when, when you feel and sense that people are on board and you know what you want to do, then go do it. Go do it. And your end result will be unique to you. Like we have Andrew here who's uh, spending time investing in Hawker Grove Middle School. The Thomases are looking at Resource Health, which is uh, just a, a pregnancy resource for, 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 for people in the Kansas City area. Melissa started a Bible study, a woman's study yesterday. Uh, I know there's, 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 there's people who are thinking about doing a young marrieds thing uh, that are coming to our church. And so there's, there's, there's these things that are able, like God's going to put something on your life and heart, and you don't need this big, giant moment to unstick unstick you, to unstick you, unstuck you, I don't know, to stop you from being frozen. <laughs> Language, English, difficult. Oh, you don't need this burning bush moment to find God's call in your life. God's called you to himself, and now he wants to use you. And here's the thing, it's like, it's not about you, it's about his name being 
Know that he will elevate you. He will raise you up in his time. And if he doesn't, it's okay because it's not about you. It's about people knowing him as well. And here's another thing, too. I, I want to make this very clear. It doesn't make you less loved by God or capable of being used by God if you don't have that whisper moment, that, 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 that like, I know this is from the Lord moment. No. Like, he loves you. He's called you. He saved you. Like, th- it doesn't make you less of a Christian or a follower of Jesus. It doesn't make you, like, less spiritual or, or less, like, you're not, no one's, if someone else has one of these moments, it doesn't make them better than you. God has called you to, to be used where you're at, and, and you should do that. This is all to make him known. And so Abraham is, is called, and, and honestly, my heart in this is this, is I just want you to be unstuck. Like, I don't want you, I don't want you to be stuck anymore, like, wondering. Like, I'm waiting for this moment, and I'm, I'm, I, I just, I'm, I don't know what to do until I get this. No, there's so much work to be done. I think about the laborers are, I can't even think about this. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. There's so much work to do. There's so much work to do. That God wants to use you. He wants that you participate. Like it's again, I've said this before. The mission of God is not left up to those who are in vocational ministry, who do ministry for a job. Like the mission of God is for all believers to invite other people into it. That means you if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're not, become one, follow Jesus for your whole life, and then participate in the mission of God, which is amazing as well. And so what we see, though, is Abraham, he, he went. Like, Abraham is called, and what does Abraham do? He's like, oh, do 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 I'm going down the road, let's go. And he just goes, he just wanders. Now, it's not just him and Sarah and Lot, like the trio, just walking with a, with a, with a stick. It's like he brought in all of his people with him, all of his uh, all the people that worked for him, all of his family that he could take, uh, like his probably, yeah, well, he didn't have any kids, so none of that, but all the people that worked for him, Lot and all of his kind of staff that worked for him, and they kind of went along the way. Uh, verse 4 says this, so Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went to him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took uh, Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their, their possessions that they had gathered, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they, they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to an oak of Morah, at the time the Canaanites were in the land. So Abraham went to the land of Canaan, and Abraham did what he was supposed to do. And uh, I will say, if you're interested in a, in a little biblical debate, you can study on your own time for fun. Uh, should Lot have gone with him? Because there's different there's different uh, arguments for it. Some people would say like he just sent to Ab- Abram and his family, and some uh, and so therefore him and, and Lot like they mentioned in Lot uh, and Lot went with him like that little extra line like is that Abram not being obedient to God already? And the reason they say that is because. If you look at what happens with Lot, I already told you he's a bit of a screw-up. And so every single time Lot's really mentioned, there's issues. And so is this like the punishment or the consequence to God? I don't actually think that's what it is. I think the, cult, the way the culture is set up in the, during that time is there's responsibility for uh, Abram as his, bro- his brother has died and his, he's, his son is now a part of his family and he has responsibility for him. And so I think that's what it is. But again, it's a fun little thing and it doesn't matter, but it's fun if you really want to go into it. Uh, just, just, for, just, for, just, for, just for fun. So, but, uh, so yeah, so we see this. And, and a story like Abraham uh, should hopefully encourage us 
is at the times when we see the emphatic call of God, when we see God say, hey, I want you to go here, or when he, he wants you to do something, or, or, or you hear the whisper of God in your life, uh, or maybe you're reading a passage of scripture and you feel the conviction of God in your life, then hopefully what it does is it yields you to be faithful to God, that you'd be obedient to God in this season as well. Like, like, like until then, I'm going to be faithful with today with, with, with doing the things that I know that God has called me to do, but if God would call me to what? A new job, a new city, new friends, less money, more money, missions, full-time ministry, a ministry to the homeless, to pregnant mothers, to refugees, to whatever else it would be, that I would be willing to go. Would I go? Would I give up whatever God would call me to? I mean, Abram was giving up what he knew and some comfort and, and, and some other distant family relations as well so that he, he could go. Would I go? Would I be willing to do this? Because the mission of God is accomplished through God's people who fulfill the role as being human beings and who are willing to go where God leads them. And, be, and maybe not go, maybe go is the wrong thing. Maybe it's stay, maybe it's uh, share, maybe it's whatever else it is. But, but or, or stay where God keeps them. God uses human beings. He's partnered with human beings, and he wants to use you. And he, he's the one that will accomplish it through you. And I just want to say this, just as a side, it is terrifying sometimes. Like, I, I know the right Christian thing is like, I believe and I have faith that God's going to come, come through. And guess what? I do. But it doesn't mean the human fear will, will creep in. It doesn't mean it's not unnerving to go or to take a risk. It doesn't mean it's, it, it's, 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 it's certain to always work out. It, it, can be, it can be unsettling in some ways. And I think, um, I think sometimes we use this phrase like, well, I, if I don't feel peace about that, then I'm not going to go. I wouldn't do it. I think we have to be very careful with that. I, that idea because um, I actually think that measurement can keep us from going because because the risk uh, that that maybe God is calling us to do or the, the, the thing that God might be calling us to do it might uh, cause a little bit of uh, like I, don't know, I hate to say this but worry anxiety wonder uh, concern uh, and and if we're measuring peace versus that then it could cause us to have difficulty in making a decision on what God is calling us to do. And I can always say this with planting a church. Planting a church. Like, I love Mission City. I love, like, what God is doing here. But, like, in the early months of thinking about God planting it, like, I had the emphatic call. Like, I knew that God had called us to do this and plant. Like, I remember where I was, where God called me to plant. Like, I had this emphatic call. And so, therefore, I was going to do it no matter what. But it didn't mean that I always was at peace with it. It didn't mean I was always like, yeah, like, it's going to be great. Like, did I know I was going to do it? Yes. Did I believe that God was going to be faithful? Yes. Was I terrified? Yes. Am I still terrified? Maybe. Uh, just kidding, it's working out fine. We're moving. <laughs> but no, seriously, though, like, I, I, um, I think sometimes, and I, 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 if peace in a sense, if peace is like certainty of what God has said, then yes. Don't have an issue with that. But sometimes it's like, peace, peace I think comes, sometimes can make us default. In, uh, if we're defining peace as comfort, then I think that's where I, I think I'm, I'm hesitant with that idea. And so just be careful with that. Because God doesn't always call you to comfortable places. Uh, think about it. If God called you to be a missionary on the other side of the world where, where Christians were being persecuted, like you might, if he's called you to do that, and you were confident in that, 
Like you might be a piece that he's called you to do that. But there would be, again, you're, you're soaring through this with the Spirit. There might be some days where you worry. There might be some days where you have anxiety. There might be some uncertainty in that. You might be some like, you know, like I'm sure with Abraham, he's like, is this really the right way that you want me to go? Like there could have been this as well. And so just, just, want, just wanted to say that as an aside. But as you, but as you think through your own life, as if, if 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 God whispers to you and encourages you to do something, or you feel you have this one of these emphatic moments, uh, one of the things is in the same way that Abraham went. He, I, I do believe, even in if there was worry, we don't see any of that. Even if there was like uncertainty, he knew that God was going to take care of him. He believed, he trusted that God was going to take care of him, and that's what we have to do too. Like on the days where anxiety comes, on the days where. Uh, worry comes on the days where that is it's it's leaning back in and acknowledging the feelings that i'm having because they're real but at the same time getting back to a place where i'm going lord i feel this i am sensing this but i i'm gonna because i have to do this because i believe that you have called me to this like i'm gonna keep walking i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna keep believing i'm gonna keep pushing as well and i trust you because you're faithful to you and so do you believe if god is calling you to go do you believe that god will take care of you along the way and then we see this promise for the future. Uh, verse 7 says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and, and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and he called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on still going towards the Gavim. So we, we see the, the future promised land that, that he worshipped, uh, and, and he worshipped. All along the way, he worshipped and praised the Lord. You see him building altars in this new land that, that he was worshipping. And I would just say this is on the journey, on your own life, as, you're, as you go about your day and you fulfill the calling or the vision that God has for your life, living your everyday life, is it filled with worship towards the Lord? Uh, or is it filled with maybe complaining? Is it filled with bitterness? Is it filled with something else? Or is it filled with worshiping towards the Lord? I, I, I love this picture. And so setting up an altar in this land, right? So let's assume it's, it's, it's not assume. It is the land of Canaan. And so there is a bunch of idol worship going on in this land. And, uh, and Abram sets up an altar to, to, to Yahweh in this, in this place. And so as people would come by and maybe walk by because he's doing it near these cities, it's, it's almost like, um, it's almost as if uh, these people are going, oh, wow. This, this to, to them, again, they, they would have, uh, I'm not saying that, I, very much so a monotheist, but I'm saying to people in that day, if you're a Canaanite, you see a, an altar to, to, to Yahweh or to the Lord. You would, you would go, oh, wow, this God is in this land. Or someone who worships this God is in this land as well. It actually makes me think about, if you read Chronicles of Narnia, how there's always whispers of Aslan coming into the country. And you get this, this notion, like, oh, Aslan's coming. Like, he's coming. He's in this land as well. And, and I almost see it as like, um, uh, you know, uh, when we went to the moon, if we did, if you're a conspiracy theorist, but when we went to the moon... <laughs> Yeah, some of you are. I know you are. <laughs> but uh, if we went to the moon, uh, or when we went to the moon, sorry. <laughs> I'm not one. I'm not one. <laughs> we went to the moon. I love Apollo 13. Uh, 
the movie, not the, I know I didn't make it. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but, but you know how they, they put the flag in the ground? You know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. They put the, the flag in, in the ground, basically like, I guess, I don't know if we were staking, it's like our territory, but basically saying like, hey, this, like U.S. has been here, like we're, like this is kind of, it's, it's giving like space or weight to the United States in that moment. Uh, Maisie, when we moved to our new house, uh, she has this flag that uh, she likes to stick into the ground of our yard. It's like this little orange flag, but it's, it's like for her, it like tells us that it's her home. And so, like literally 15 minutes moving trucks, oh, there's my flag, grabs it, goes finds a little uh, bed right in front of a tree, sticks it in there. It's like, we're home! <laughs> like, she's basically saying, like, this is our place. And so, um, in, in some ways, I, I, I envision this altar build, building as this, as this, this, this thing where it's like, no, this is Yahweh's place, this is God's place. This is God's land. God's taking this place back. He's taking this space back as well. And that's what worship does. And so as you go about your everyday life, like worship is an opportunity for you as God is leading you. And maybe he's sending you to, to, to crazy places. Maybe you've been putting, asking this question on hold for a while because you've been stuck, because you've been waiting for that voice in the cloud. But, 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 but as, we, as we incorporate worship into our lives, it is an opportunity for us to put stakes or altars to the Lord and the ground and saying, this land, this space, this area of my life belongs to the Lord. And, and then letting and seeing those spaces grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow until the whole land is worshiping Yahweh or until your whole life is filled with spaces where the kingdom has spread because you've been living out the mission of God and people are coming to know Jesus and you're taking more and more and more territory. So let's worship be a space, a benchmark, a flag in the ground so that we can see the kingdom of God and the worship of God extend to the nations as it goes back to the initial blessing of Abraham that, that through his family that all the nations of the world will be blessed. So I'm going to invite Nathan to come back up. Uh, and, and, and so today I just want to encourage you as we study Abraham it's the story of a man who is called by God to go, and he goes. And he's obedient, and he's faithful, and through him, his family will change the world. And he does it through this person of Jesus, who you now know, and you hopefully follow. And God wants to continue that through your life as well. And so we have a moment there right now in corporate worship together, a group of followers of Jesus to, to, to put, in some ways, a stake in the ground, saying like this space is holy ground today in this moment and, and going forward usually used for movies and whatever else goes on but today it's going to be a space that we lift up in the name of Jesus and so let's pray so Lord Jesus we ask that you would move today we ask that that our, our voices would, uh, would would lift your name high God and that we would be used for your kingdom and for your good in this world God, we, I do pray those, for those that do, even now, maybe have an emphatic call. They have something that you have called them to do, that they just know it's from you. I just pray they would do it. Like Abraham, he went. That would be true of us. That you, you said, go, and we went. You said this, and we did it. And I pray for those who, um, maybe they, don't, they haven't had that. Maybe they've been stuck waiting and hoping for one they would realize that they have been called by you and that you have saved them and you have great things for them in their everyday life and they wouldn't look at that as mundane or less. But 
but God, that they would look at it as that the God of the universe has called them and has brought them back to life and wants to use them for good things, for his glory, so that more people will know him, will know Jesus, the one who has saved them. So we love you so much, beautiful, this time of response. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. And we also have five community groups that meet throughout the Kansas City metro. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com. Or you can send me an email at jake at missioncitykc.com.